With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. complex 
uh, owe some type of funds, uh, capital, or resources for the victimization that was done by a particular group to another particular group. Now, for the past 30, 40 years, they say African Americans deserve reparations due to slavery. Do we? I don't know. But uh, I'm going to go to my guest now, Sister, Sister Fatima. How are you this evening? I'm well. How are you, sir? I'm fine, thank you. How was your vacation? It was well. It was went well. It was good. I had a good time. Uh, I just relaxed and, you know, didn't worry about anything. So that was all good. Uh, you know, got away from some of the pressures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Tell me about it. Uh, last time you was on the show, you ended the show by explaining your organization and what you do and some things that your religion do. So can you tell us, uh, the audience, some about your religion and some of the activities that y'all participate in? Yes, sir. Um, let me do this first. It's customary for us to open in the name of Almighty God, Allah, who appeared in the person of Master Farad Muhammad, whom all praises is forever due, and in the memory of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad uh, and his spiritual son, Silas Muhammad. And I greet you, brother, in the greeting words of peace, we say, assalamu alaikum. Well, let God so long. Oh, you think I didn't yes, know how sir. to turn the piece? He didn't know. You think I didn't know how to turn the piece? Huh? Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Okay, so what what is the nation up to these days? Okay, now let me just say that I am a follower of Silas Muhammad. Silas Muhammad uh, started the lost foundation of Islam after the death of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And, and um, so in doing so, it started the second resurrection nation of Islam. And mm-hmm. uh, we're we not the same nation you see, the nation of Islam, Farrakhan. I'm, I'm, I'm not a follower of the teachings of Farrakhan, uh, I am with Silas Muhammad. So I had to make that distinction so that you know mm-hmm. exactly who you're talking to. He started the nation. Oh, go ahead. No, no, uh, what is the difference between your nation, Islam, and Louis Farrakhan nation, Islam? Because both, because Louis Farrakhan claims that he's taken all the teachings and the following of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, may peace and blessed be upon him. Yes, sir. That is a good question, sir. And the mm. question raises the issue of what is each nation doing that would say that they are following the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad believed and taught what Master Farad Muhammad taught him, which was that the black man was God, 
and that the white man was the living devil and could never be our brother. He taught separation between the two because we could never live in peace with one another. Um, And as you see, if you know anything about the Nation of Islam under the leadership of Farrakhan, you know that Minister Farrakhan is practicing Scientology, and he's also... I heard that. I thought it was a rumor. I heard that. No, it's not a rumor, sir. I heard that a couple years ago. Yes, sir. It is the truth. He's practicing Scientology. He also followed the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's physical son, Wardi Muhammad. Wardi Muhammad never did really follow his father's teachings, and he... No, he did not. No, he did not. He proved it when he tore down the nation and all that it had built in the first rise. The nation had an $88 million nation. And Wardi Muhammad came in and cleared the mosque out of the chairs, started doing rockets. He, I mean, he's even cited, you know, things on YouTube. You can find him there saying, you know, how his father's teachings had to go in a different direction and stuff. So he didn't believe in Master Farah Muhammad, but he was Almighty God. And uh, Farrakhan followed him and is now doing some of the things that he did during that time frame because it was shortly after the messenger passed that he was following him and, and, and doing those things on all on all fours. But then he broke away and decided to do his own thing. Now mm-hmm. he has returned and has his followers doing the same thing that he did in that time. Well, our leader and teacher, Silas Muhammad, has always followed the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad in that, you know, we believe that the black man is God of the universe, uh, cream of the planet Earth. And we also believe that the white man can never be our brother. He is, um, unfortunately, evil incarnate, if you will. So that's the difference and also, uh, you can't negate the fact that Elijah Muhammad, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, has built uh, the businesses. He has stores. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, yes, sir. Uh, the, made clothes. In, I know in North New Jersey, right on Springfield Avenue, that whole strip is not there any longer, but that whole strip was full of the nation uh, uh, economic boom. And I'm, I'm going yes. back to the 70s. I'm going yes, back sir. to the 70s when the nation of Islam was really, really at, with the late 60s, early 70s, when the nation was really at its height. And, uh, and and all of a sudden when he died, the fish the fish market closed down, the stores closed down. All the yes, uh, uh, right. he was about economic independence separate yes, from sir. the United States government. Yes, sir. Teaching our own, doing what they do, but with a community of our own people. And they did that in the first rise. They were able to establish farmland and clothing factories, banks, uh, restaurants, and you know, they were importing fish from Peru and had 
fish factories. And so, Why do you, you know. I remember that. Why do you H&H, H&H, I think it was. But, you know, I mean, farmland, cows, and anything that we needed, sewing factories, we did it ourselves. We didn't ask anybody to do anything for us. So that was squandered by the son of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, Iman Warwick B. Muhammad. He squandered all of that. That is no longer in effect. And the nation, under the leadership of Cyrus Muhammad, we could not even take advantage of what that nation had built, even though Cyrus Muhammad came right, you know, think about in 77 is when he stood up. August 21st, mm-hmm. 1977, and started teaching. Yeah, because the armed Elijah Muhammad died in 75, right? Yes, sir. And so yeah, he started okay. teaching the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and telling Wardi Muhammad to not teach what he was teaching and about his father and to respect his father. So we forego, we will forego all of what the nation had built just to have the identity that what what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad built, the lost foundation of Islam, and the way it was in the first rise, you know, the only difference you might see in us is that we're more contemporary because Mr. Muhammad, Silas Muhammad, that is, believes that uh, the male now has to be stronger. I know before the, the women wore the garments, the long garments, and they covered their head. The Honorable Silas Muhammad feels that the man has to be a lot stronger today, and he cannot lust on the woman like he has in the past. And uh, so we dress moderately and, you know, not flamboyant or any, or any kind, but we cover up as much as we need to cover up. And, uh, you know, so we try to get our own dress. He also says that the man does not have the right to tell the woman, you know, how she needs to dress, you know. So he's giving the woman back her dignity, you know. He said he came to free the black woman, in fact, because he felt that, you know, black men had their foot on the woman's neck, and, you know, no, no nation can rise as high as this woman. So that day... Did Elijah Muhammad said that the black woman was uh, the what he said the black woman was the uh, uh, the, uh, the way of life or or the uh, first teacher uh, was the first, first teacher to the child. Yes, she's she's the first teacher. She's also the field in which the you know the black man is to sow his seed. And, you know, you want to be able to sow a good seed or have fertile ground, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in doing so, you know, we have to have a clean body. You know, that's one of the first things he said is uh, we need to eat to live, how to eat to live. And he established eating one meal a day again. And also every one every two, three days is that's what you choose to do, but no more than one a day. And that's the way they did, uh, because that brings about a certain discipline and, you know, it's a healing method for for what ails us as well. Let me ask you something. Getting back to Lewis, uh, getting back to Warfine Muhammad. 
Why do you think that Warthi Muhammad did such a major shift and adopted the Islam, uh, the the Orthodox Islam from the Middle East? Well, another good question, brother. Uh, Well, you know, like you and I and everybody else in this society, you know, uh, a lot of people hear things and they hear, they may hear the truth. What I believe is the truth is what I have today from Silas Muhammad and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad in message to the black man, right? So it's already predestined, though. And how we hear things and see things and know things, we have to go ahead and do what we are to do. And I believe that that's what Wardi Muhammad was born to do. He was born to do that thing. In fact, I'll read to you what the messenger said in his book. He wrote uh, in his book, 10 a hundred answers to the most uncommon questions. I'll read that in just a minute. But Wardi Muhammad, you know, the uh, Master of Muhammad said that he would do a great work, and he did. You know what he did and what we feel as the Lost Sound Nation of Islam on the side of Muhammad feel that he did. He cleared the nation of hypocrites and disbelief. Right. Because... These people were saying that, yes, I believe in the teachings of the messenger, but did you really? Because after Wardi Muhammad took over and started teaching those uh, uncommon teachings, most people did not fight him, did not say, no, Ward, I won't follow that. That's not what the messenger taught. If they did, they might have walked away, some of them, but nobody really said nothing to challenge him. The only man that challenged him in those teachings was the Honorable Silas Muhammad. He did that. He took a letter to him to say, stop teaching that which you are teaching, you know, of your father, you know, and against your father's teachings. So, you know, Wazi Muhammad was predestined to do that. Now, let me, let me just say, this is what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said in the 100 questions. He said, and I should have put on my glasses, brother. I do apologize. Bear with me. <laughs> that will be carried. Okay. The, the question was asked to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. He said, how will your resources be administered? The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, that will be carried out by the nation. After setting up the nation on the right way or right path, did you hear that? Mm-hmm. After up the nation on the right path or right way, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad must have knew that it was going to go the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, take care of themselves. They do not need any more instructions on that. They will follow it as the Constitution of America has been followed. And then he asks, will it be run by local mobs? He says, no, no, no. After this, the whole entire nation of black people will be governed divinely, and the government will be a divine government and not something that is governed locally like we have today. So I'm just saying that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was saying that, too, uh, he perhaps knew something was going to happen. Maybe the Master Muhammad told him something in detail about what that son was going to do. I don't know. 
But uh, after that, after he cleared the nation, it was clear way and clear path for the Honorable Saddam Muhammad to start the nation of Islam again and do the right thing. And uh, a few of those followers came over with us, a few of those. But I wasn't in the first rise, brother. I'm just telling you what is the history of the Lost Foundation of Islam and, and, and how we got started with the Lost Foundation in the second resurrection, Nation of Islam. So what is the Lost and Foundation Islam doing uh, in, the community, in the community today? Today we have started uh, well, we're getting on that path in which the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught as we would have a government that we can call our own. And he taught separation, doing for self, feeding ourselves, and that kind of thing. So we're, we have born an Afro-descendant government. And I can talk about what Afro-descendant means and where it has come from. But uh, again, sir, uh, the Afro-descendant, the word Afro-descendant came from uh, our leader and teacher, Silas Muhammad, going back and forth to the United Nations to establish reparations. And uh, in doing so, he got with several countries during that time, uh, Peru, um, La Ceiba, Cuba, um, what else? Uh, Got to have it. I hear uh, several countries, uh, South America, Central America, uh, had come together in a uh, to establish what you may call a name for us now. Is that name is Afro descendant? So um, all of those different governments, Central South America, they had already established, you know, Afro this or that, Afro Cubans, Afro Venezuelan, Afro um, you know, uh what else? Afro escapes me right now. But a lot of those people, uh, Ghanaians, all of them now are calling themselves Afro this or that. So as a matter of fact, Silas Muhammad wanted to come up with another name, which had to do some Afro-American, I think, uh, not so much as African-American, but Afro-American, I do believe. And this name, Afro-descendant, was chosen by him and others that had come together in, in Cuba at the time for human rights. So... This is where the name came from, and now we're identified as a people who can go under the umbrella and establishing our human rights as Afro-descendants. So when he, when he did that, he came back to the body of believers to say, you know, he started setting us up as uh, senators, uh, House of Representatives, we needed a president, we had to vote for that. So we started setting ourselves up as a government. And we now have a government, a Congress, where we have um, the Senate, House of Representatives, we have a president, a vice president, 
we have um, the um, Justice Department. You know, we have our, our, our justices. So we are trying to become sovereign or become those people who would govern themselves. And that's what we haven't had. And that's what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad actually, when he established the Law Foundation of Islam, that's what it really was about. And he showed us how to do that when he showed us, well, we needed land, we needed clothing, we need food, we need shelter. Those are the things that he tried to concentrate on and did concentrate, not just tried. He concentrated on those four things, you know, and those are the things that are, you know, your natural resources. You have to have those things in order to survive. And uh, so now we're, we're governing ourselves. We're asking our people to support us in that cause and also the fight for reparations. We want to get paid for all of the unjust treatment that we've had in this country, and we are due reparations, just like all the other people that have received reparations because they were, you know, wrongly, you know, treated or what have you. We have been wronged, and we need our people to stand up and say that. So we're trying to get people to see that we need to be governed and we also need to get reparations as a start because it's, it's not that easy to start a government or a nation. We've asked, That's right. you know, the Muhammad has asked in his paper, uh, and we're the only one has them, Muhammad speaks, he's asked this, this country to give us some land where we can go and, 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 and be amongst ourselves and have. And they've not honored any of that. He even taught what the Muslims want and what the Muslims believe in the back of the Muhammad speaks to give us, uh, to let these, you know, to, you know, let our people be able to practice what we need to practice amongst ourselves without you trying to interfere with that. You know, and so we need the food, the clothes, and shelter, those things that would help us to be able such as farmland, such as equipment, to start themselves onto that path. You know, there is some rumor around the black historians in this country that said that in the mid to late 60s that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was negotiating with different uh, political representatives from a couple of states in the South, Mississippi being one, Georgia being another, and I forgot what the other what, what the other states. I think Alabama was the other one, and, and he was negotiating with different groups about purchasing land um, in the in the mid to late sixties. There are rumors uh, stating that for black historians, so. Just to piggyback what you said, I think he has was trying. I think he has started out on that venture, you know, and trying to purchase the land and, and what have you. Um, yes. Let me let me ask you a question. Do, I, I'm going to ask you a hypothetical question. Do you mm-hmm. think that if Black America 
I already know your response, but I'm just going to ask anyway. Do you think that black America, if black America would adopt uh, uh, some of the characteristics of the loss of foundation of Islam, do you think the black community uh, in America would be better off or be more uh, successful? If they will adopt some of the characteristics of the lost foundation of Islam? Some of the, yeah, some of the laws and the discipline and the ways, what have you, of the, you know, yes. of some of the ideologies far as being economically independent, uh, having your own, not to rely on the government, what have you. Do you think that the black community would be better off? Yes, sir, I understand your question. I, I, I know for myself, what the nation has done for me, what the teachings, what Master Farah Muhammad taught, what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught, those core teachings, what he taught, I know that it brings us from this death state that we are in right now, not doing for self and wanting people to give us a handout to life, doing for self. Because if you're living, then you have to be able to, again, provide those things for self. And, yes, I do believe that the Law Foundation of Islam, under the leadership of Silas Muhammad, has those core things that will cause us as a nation of people to uh, prosper here in this country, you know, amongst ourselves. Because... It it has been done by myself, just the teachings itself, which teaches how to eat to live, uh, how how to take care of yourself, how to cook, how to have discipline amongst yourself, and just respect, how to respect you, your woman. How about how your, to respect your woman? Respect your woman. How to uh, respect your man? How to be a family? You know, don't fornicate, don't commit adultery, don't do those things that cause us to be in a position where we're always, you know, on the end of the situation as opposed to having, you know, what we need. And so, I mean, the nation of Islam, under the leadership of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, we know what it did for black America. It raised up what a eighty-eight million dollar nation. That's yeah. you know what we had prior to when we came together and did those things. But there is a system in place, and if you know what's happening in the news today, to try to further take us away from that communal type of uh, thing that we had. We had that once upon a time in our own country and stuff. And I think ever since the white man came amongst us, he has been trying to divide us. He has divided us, and it has hurt us tremendously. Move right along to uh, to to the uh, topic of tonight, um, reparation. Yes, you hit you hit it on that uh, a couple of minutes, hinted to that on a couple of minutes ago. Um, there are. I say historians, uh, government officials, uh, 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 economics, uh, economists, I should say, excuse me, economists 
that said that that the United States should not be held responsible for uh, the black man plight in America and should not be held responsible for what their ancestors did. Could you comment to that? Sure. Uh, Well, I mean, why shouldn't they be held responsible? They were responsible for bringing us over here against our will. Uh, you know, if we know the history of how many people died just trying, you know, just coming over here and mm-hmm. the horrendous type of, you know, way that they held us in in this inhumane type of environment that caused us to, you know, even some of them jump overboard, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, some they said, some men, you know, back then our men were strong and men, and they put us, I've gone to the shrine of Black Madonna and, and been able to see how they have the casket, or it's like a casket, but where right. most of our brothers and sisters laid in inside of the ship hole there. And um, we we couldn't even hardly turn around in those little bitty spaces. And, you know, we were, whatever we did, we did it right there in those spaces. You know, the feces, the, you know, the urine and all of that, you know, everything was done right there. It was pregnant women. Pregnant women, having babies and stuff, having them right there. And so it was so inhumane. And, and that was caused by this white boy bringing us over here against our will. And uh, if he had not done that and promising us something on the other side, on a ship called Jesus, you know, uh, we have, we would not be in the, the free fall that we are in now. In um, even bringing us over here, he has not done anything to try and help us you know, by way of his, you know, bringing us over here. So, you, yes, you are responsible for what now happens to us, you know, and that you should make it right. And that's what reparations is. It's repairing the wrong, you know, that you've done. You did. It's no doubt about that you've done it. If, if we just came over here on our own, then we could say, well, maybe, you know, you wouldn't be responsible for some things. But no. Yeah, and you, you held us in bondage and slavery for over four hundred years now. And they still don't want us to do certain things. You know, when you talk That's about right, what yeah. Bill Cosby anybody tries to do, what you know, what they want to go for themselves, they don't want us going for ourselves and doing for ourselves. That's why they try to play down Islam and Muslims, period, because they want to put it in your mind. Everything that he does, he already brainwashes you for it. So what you have now in the assassination of Muslims, pretty much, all over the country, is what he is doing to put that thought in our people's mind, not to do this. Because why? He knows the success that we had. He knows this black man standing up is going to, you know, not stand for him to just kill us down in the street and, you know, let women be 
be be alone without security. Those things we start to do, you know, for ourselves, have our own jobs and stuff, you know. Uh, so he knows that, and um, he doesn't want that. But yes, he is. He is that directly responsible for what is going on now with all the killings of us and stuff that he allows people to go free after we we see with our own eyes that there is abuse and. And, and people killing us in the street, but yet he tries to say, no, we didn't see that, and that still has to be some type of uh, of court to prove the uh, innocence of these people. So, no, he's still doing the same, some of the same things that he's done in the past, and uh, he, he definitely owes us. What and that also, is. I, yeah, yeah. Also, I would like to add that... Um, there are corporations, nationally and internationally, that have benefited today. They're still in existence, and they got their start from the slave trade, the shipping industry, the uh, the, the the banking industry, you know, all all type of industries in this country uh, 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 benefited from the slave trade. And also, I might Thank add, you. I was watching a documentary a couple of weeks ago, and mm-hmm. there was this group in Africa, right? And one of the guys, they said, yeah, my family is still benefiting from, because you know, you know, uh, the kings of a village, uh, uh, after they had a war with another village, they took the, 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 uh, their slaves and sold it at first to, to mm-hmm. Europe. Uh, uh, so, but but um, another question I'd like to ask is that um, some some economists and historians would say that the United States did try to make good on reparation with the Civil Rights Bill and the Voting Rights Bill and affirmative action. Do you think those policies have benefited? the black community in the United States. And the reason why I kept on keep on saying United States, black community in the United States, there are black communities all over the world, in Europe, South Pacific, South America, Africa, Canada. So focusing on uh, the black community, plus we have listeners that are from the areas. So uh, yes. I'm talking about uh, the black communities in the United States. Do you think that these policies have benefited us. Uh, no, I don't think that they've benefited us. In fact, we are worse off now than we were. I mean, we have how many? We have so many senators that are supposed to represent us and representatives in the House, and you know, we have more uh, mayors and more. Um, you know, city council people and and all of these supposedly rights that we were given, uh, we still don't have our human rights. We still don't have these people being able to speak up for us when something just truly happens and, and, and be able to do anything of note, you know. They still have to go to their court and... Uh, no, no, these are just meager handouts that they've given us. 
are pacifiers, if you will. You know, uh, you know, they've given us a band-aid to cover this, you know, up the sword that they created. And the sword just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and we keep getting farther and farther away from, you know, the goal, and, and that goal should be that we should have food, clothes, and shelter, you know, and uh, be able to, you know, have jobs and, and take care of our families, men take care of their families. Uh, you probably wouldn't see to- so much poverty in our neighborhoods. Uh, you have gentrification now in our neighborhoods, something that they've done on on a regular. They always do that uh, to tear our neighborhoods down. And, you know, where do, where do we go except for to, um, you know, housing, you may say, you know, some other area that we'd have to, you know, that is more, um, is not, up to par, you know, we still are going to these neighborhoods and we're not doing anything because why? We have not even been able to really teach ourselves, you know, our own history. And, and, and our history is very important to us because it will let us see where we came from and hopefully we will want to go there again. But no, nothing that they're doing today is helping us on a – it's helping us on uh, any kind of uh, grand scale, I think. Now, and, uh, if, go ahead. if the United States, if the United States, if the United States would pass a reparation bill, if they ain't doing these last seven years, I doubt it's going to come anytime soon. But if, if, if the United States would pass a reparation bill, and the president was signing. How would you? Uh, what would it look like? Well, everybody get check, or would it be in capital gains, or would it be investments, or would it be uh, how would how would these reparations look like today? Or would it be in, uh, in laws, or different policy, or or different bills? How would a reparations look like? Well, I mean, you know, that's a good question, brother. The Thomas Muhammad, let me tell you, he got together in 2010. Thomas Muhammad asked these uh, different uh, organizations to come together and try to do something to help with representation for reparations. You know, we have to come together and govern ourselves so we can say what it is that we want to do or or want to get. Uh, He also, and again, I'll go back to what the Honorable Muhammad had in the uh, Muhammad speech. You know, uh, in the first rise, he had those things, what the Muslims want. And he wants to be able to have land, some of the same things that the Honorable Muhammad asked, if not more, is on there, you know, such as we want the government of the United States to attempt to exempt our people from all taxation, you know, uh, as long as we are deprived of equal justice under the law of the land. So uh, we need farmland. We need, we need land overall. We need uh, equipment to be able to farm the land or, 
you know, agriculture, to take care for food, to take care of ourselves. We need to have, um, you know, seed growing equipment, you know, to be able to move to and fro. Like if we want to, again, uh, import fish or any import anything, you know, into wherever we will reside, we need to be able to do that free of hindrance from them, what it would look like. It would look like that in the form of uh, we need some of the gold that, you know, they could give us to be able to help us to be able to have that standard. And not only that, you know, with the land and all of that, surely we would be able to then build our own communities, you know, amongst ourselves because we have everything that we need. We have the doctors. We are we're the best of doctors. We're the best of whatever we do. We're really the best at it. So we can build our own communities, and uh, we also need recompense. You know, we need some dollars. So, yes, uh, I don't know what the figure could be, but it would be a figure that those of us who would come together to decide that would do. That's why we have established, though, the government. So the government will be the one to decide those things, to do it fairly and uh you know, it would include those people who want those things. We, you know, not trying to force anything on anyone. Uh, anybody will, should be able to see that we need to do for ourselves. When we do for ourselves and our kind, the money comes back to us. Whatever we do comes back to us. And so, you know, we didn't taught people how to do all the things that they do in this country. So uh, money, land, Gold, whatever we can get to build ourselves, people deciding that, black people deciding that, coming together in a government of their own and, and do that fairly. That's what that would look like. I can't say what that is, but yes. Well, well, you're saying do for self, do for self. We can do it ourselves. We got to build our own communities. We got to rely on ourselves. But is it asking for reparations, not relying on ourselves, but relying on the United States to help us out? Sure, it is helping. It is asking them to help us out since they're the ones that put us in this predicament. It's just like it right now today is somebody come and hit you while you're in your car. You know, uh, you're going to seek something from them, damages, you know, from them, because, uh, you know, a lot, you can't survive a, a car accident uh, without getting paid something in that, you know. I mean, if, if you're hurting, if you're hurting in that accident, some people, you're shook up, if anything, even if you're shook up, you know, your body can't stand that hit. So we can't stand what America has done to us because they not only have they brought us over here against our will and they're still doing some of the same things, but they are taking our lives. When you take a life, you need to pay for that life. So uh, what we're asking for is it becomes not theirs. And, and what is really theirs? They've taken everything. You know, they took I mean, if you go to your museum in your city or mine, if you go in there, you see our artifacts and uh, Egyptian stuff, 
you know, from black people or what have you, they don't say that it's black people that have done that. They call them Egyptians like they're somebody else. But we know that's our culture. And it's black as me. Exactly. I had a guy. I'm sorry, let me just say this. I had a guy who was a I was a teacher, and I had we took some kids to the museum here in Houston, Texas, where I'm from. And uh, the guy was a white guy, you know, showing us around. When she came to that part of the history, the Egyptian history, you know, she passed that up. Now I'm with a black school. She passed that completely up. And I, I went to her and said, "Ma'am, why did you pass this part up? Because this is also black history." And Okay. She act like she didn't know what was even going on herself. She knew. But you know she knew. Well she couldn't she couldn't. Yeah. She knew. She knew. The BC gotta know because it taught all whole lot of history. In the last couple minutes we have, uh uh can can you have any last words and and if somebody wanna get in touch with you, how would they want if they want to get, work with you, work with the organization or recreation, how would they do it? Well, if they wanted to get in touch with the organization, they can um, go on, they can get in touch with Muhammad Smiles. It's in Atlanta, Georgia, 3040 Campbellton Road. That's where our mosque and headquarters is. We also, uh, Muhammad Speaks Online.net. You can get in touch with, uh, you know, the government there, Muhammad Speaks Online, uh, you know, which would lead you to some of the writings of the Honorable Silas Muhammad and, and what he has done, you know, in the U.N. Um, before I go, though, you know, uh, also I'm on Facebook under Elizabeth Fatima Umrani Barnes, and I did that so that, uh, this is my slave name and my Muslim name together so that others who wanted to contact me, when they look at that, they would know me as well. Like, you know, people that are, are, are my friends that I grew up with or what have you are either people that know me now. My life, I've been 30 years, though, in the nation of Islam. Let me give you some of these websites, uh, though. Go ahead. Uh, which uh, have reparations at the core of them. Uh, one moment here. I should have it. Writing at. I was just listening to, while I'm finding that, I was just listening to a brother, my brother online, and he has some good information about the Honorable Silas Muhammad. Uh, and I just need to tell the, the audience how he has, you know, established our, our, our identity and our human rights in the UN, and they should look at look at Muhammad Peace Online and get that information there. Uh, it talks about Article 27, the U.S. Senate ratified, and you know what it essentially says is that we have the right to go for self. You know, a lot of people think that this is something that's so far fetched, you know, reparations, but it's not. We have the right to our the own culture. reparations. The Jews receive reparations. Everybody so has the right to their own culture, race, religion, you know, and their destiny. 
And that's what Article 27 essentially says, and we should not be afraid to stand up and do that. Uh, Hold on just a second. I'm trying to get this. Because I didn't know which uh, question you were going to ask, but I can get that for you. Okay. Well, uh, uh, Sister Fatima, I'd like to thank you for coming on the show. Uh, like I said, it's been uh, – uh, uh, um, I just wanted to continue our discussion from before. Go, you get ready to go down a couple of roads. I didn't have enough time to explore. I told you I would get back to you, but you know, I would have got back to you sooner. I would have got back to you sooner <laughs> by our owner uh, had passed away on a- April 1st. So filled in a lot of shoes, uh, Queen Mother Ear Afola. Uh So oh, I'd like okay. to thank you for i like to thank you for coming on the show. And, uh, again, you know, uh, I will be checking out your Facebook. I will be checking out uh, online and see what's going on with, uh, uh, with the fight at the U.N. with reparations. But well, that's a good strategy by going to the U.N. So i like yes. to thank you, okay? Let me just say that AFRE, A-F-R-E, which is an acronym, also uh, – there, AFRI online, I think, uh, AFRI.net, there's, uh, there you can find all of our reparations and what we're doing there as well. Uh, and uh, the, uh, uh, the reparations task force.net is held by our, uh, well, formerly our vice president, now president, uh, has that page. So well, that's that somewhere. Groups and religions on this issue. I'm or sorry. Just for would 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 would, would uh, the Muslims be willing to work with other groups and religions to to fight right. this issue? Yes, oh, okay. sir. That's okay. what I'm saying. Thomas Muhammad have uh, asked groups, all the groups that black groups that you can name, to come together yes. so we can work under the umbrella of Afro descendants. And our government is established as the Afro descendant government, so those people okay. can come and and lend their expertise and their minds. We need their minds. We want their okay. minds. Okay. All right. Thank you, Sister. For time. I'm, I'm, I'm well, thank you for now. having me. Thank you for having me, brother. I really appreciate it, and I look forward to talking with you again. Okay. Well, thank you, Absalom. Another week, another guest that we learned about reparations today, and also we learned uh, that the, there are two nations in Islam. That, that I did not know. That I did not know. Uh, uh, like I said, if you come to Black Earth America, you will get your information that you need in order to lead your community. Now, my own thoughts on reparation. I used to be a big advocate of reparation when it first when the idea first came out. And over the years, I see. I, I mean, like, how would we handle reparation as a group? I know there are some segments of society would know how to handle it, would know what to do with the uh, uh, resources, would know what to do with the financial resources. But you know, our track record in the last, I say, 40 years has not been good as a group. Not only we got to fight this on several, 
you know, the uh, uh, the Honorable Silas Muhammad had to fight this on several fronts. You got to fight the United States government. You have to go to the U.N. Then he had to go to his own community. Not I'm not talking about the black Muslim. I'm talking about the black community, the Christians, the Moors, the Raz, the Israelites, all of them that tried to jump on this uh, 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 um, jump on this issue and take a collective fight. But you gotta look at it, okay, when we succeed, if we succeed, what we're gonna do. What we're going to, I land. Not everybody are farmers. There are some people that are skilled people. Some people are prepared. Like she said, there are lawyers. Will they be willing to leave the umbrella of comfort and start something new with black folks? You know what our history is. You know, sometimes we call crabs in the buckets. Uh, they call haters today. Uh, 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 will we have infiltrators? Will there be people to beat down this ideology? I don't know. It's a thought. It's a thought. And, 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 and I hope that will be successfully passed. And by going to the UN, and Malcolm said, Malcolm said clearly back in the late 50s and early 60s, how can you go to your enemy and ask for freedom? You have to take your enemy to the world court. And with that, I am because we are. We are because I am. I'm Kenny Jones. Thank you for tuning in. Download off of Blog Talk. Download off Black Urban America Facebook. Download off of iTunes. Good night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.